Hey folks, uh, thanks for listening. This is Eric, the Ambassador of Common Sense, and here at a uh, podcast about Catholic things with... Hi everybody, I'm Dan, the Ambassador of Nonsense. And uh, we are sorry. We just, we got lazy and <laughs> like... Hey, you know it's the season to start missing things because you're trying to focus on getting your family ready for Christmas and everything. It was November... The end of November when we did our last podcast, and then we kept uh, texting each other saying, hey, we're going to record tonight, and oh, okay, I'll call you later tonight and see what's going on, and neither and one then of we us wouldn't. would call, and uh, so here well, we Merry are. Christmas, everybody. Yeah, so do you have a good Christmas? I had a really good Christmas. Did you get anything? I, um, yes, um, this is, my wife and I kind of decided to go on a cruise in February, and that's our Christmas to each other. Nuh-uh. Yeah, uh-huh. Hey, I'm going to adjust this volume just a little bit. Look at that background. Mm. The problem okay. is... Oh, I see. Yeah. Can you still hear it? Well, I think you can. This is probably a dynamic mic, which means it's probably doing a good, good job of you know, okay. picking us up, even though it registers low. See, what happens is right here... Um, we well, could yell into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think we'll keep it at that. If it doesn't work, then we'll... We'll have to re-record we'll this one it. or something. Okay, so... Um, a cruise? Yeah. Well, I've always wanted to take Terry on a cruise, and she's always wanted to do a winter vacation. So Where are you going out. on a cruise? Like Cayman Islands. Okay. Caribbean. Can you imagine? They've got those Alaskan cruises. I would love to. I tried to talk. Are you kidding? I want to go out on a helicopter and land on a on a uh, a glacier. Wouldn't it be cold? (laughs) Where in the Caribbean? In Alaska. Oh yeah, Alaska it sure would. But I still want to go there. To go on a cruise in the cold. What's the point? Well, to go see the glaciers and stuff. I know, but it's a cruise, so, I mean, out on the water... Well, you know, know, glaciers are mostly water phenomena, so... <laughs> Just go to the, one of the parks and see the glacier and not go on a Glacier cruise. National Park or something? Uh, well, um, I did not get a cruise for Christmas. Did but, you get anything? Uh, I got banjo picks. <laughs> are you going to pick the banjo back up? I... I do it every month to make sure I don't lose what I had. Okay, you know, okay. So that I can still always play those like five songs. So you get the, the you get the uh, the the thumb and finger. Yeah, picks, the, uh, but I had I had lost them during the move, and uh, Ronnie got me some more. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. Was she the only one who got you something? Um, Vicky got me a book. Oh. <laughs> She doesn't know. I don't read books anymore. <laughs> I download them and put them on my phone. Yeah. She tries. No, we we spent everything on the kids. It was mm-hmm. like we're just not going to get each yeah. other stuff. I got stuff from my mother-in-law. She got me a um, uh, the um, Cardinal Ratzinger's um, collected works on the theology of the liturgy. Huh. So but when you're tired, cool. when if he wrote it as Cardinal Ratzinger, still. Wouldn't you still refer to him as Pope Benedict the Sixteenth? I know, but you know what? Uh, this is embarrassing. I couldn't think of the the word Benedict at that time, <laughs> so I said Ratzinger. <laughs> okay. Well, this week we are going to talk about uh, American Indians and what 
we, the white man, did here in America, and whether or not that was a good thing or a bad thing, and I guess we're not going to come up with some kind of definitive answer on it. No, but... just kind of a discussion and uh, exploring the topic. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to the Native Americans, first of all, you're talking about several hundred tribes, and they're spread out all across from up in Alaska all the way down to uh, South America. Mm-hmm. Um, a whole bunch of different languages, a whole bunch of different cultures. It's not like we can look at one and say and call it a, a Native American. There's, but we're going to try to generalize as much as we can. Right, right. And and you know from the from the perspective of the culture and considering us, you know, especially you know if we say what the white man did, how they treated them, you can consider it from the point of view of interacting with. A pre-existing culture. Well, that's where it becomes difficult because each culture was different. Uh, but there's also just the mere fact that they are all of them indigenous peoples. They were here before white men came, and that's one thing that's common across the board. And you can consider things from that point right. of view as well. Right. And then there's also uh, on the white man's side. It's not like there was white man. That's and true. And then Indian, because we That's had true. the French, the mostly up north, mm-hmm. the Spaniards down in South north America, and, south, yep. and then the English, and then the English, which you could, you could kind of count that as different from Americans, because once we broke from England, our way of dealing with Indians would differed. That's true. That's true. There's there's the. Uh, um, there was the English way of of dealing with the, Ameri- the American Indians, the English um, uh, attitude towards the indigenous peoples, and then once we were a country, there was the American way. Yeah, and they were very different. So, starting down south with the Spanish, um, mostly conquistadors. Mm-hmm. They come in, there's this culture that's uh, pretty savage for the most part, uh, especially the Aztecs. Um, you know, they're they're sacrificing people. Outside of that Aztec culture, you've also got all these other tribes who um, each culture was different. It's not like there was one, but but most of them were pretty savage. Now the Aztecs. It seemed like they were advanced, but um, the more we look into it, the more we look, it looks like there was another people who lived there and who created this culture and then disappeared and the Aztecs moved into their place. So a lot of the buildings and the pyramids and stuff like that were probably not built by uh, the Aztecs. Not necessarily Aztec in origin. Okay, that I was actually going to ask that question because I'll I'll, <clears throat> I'll admit to a little bit of ignorance on the on the historical side. You probably know a lot more than I do. Um, but my impression has been that the more advanced seeming the culture was, the more they tended towards things that we would, uh, you know, things like human sacrifice. So. You can say savage in a, um, in the sense of simply, um, 
sort of return to nature savage, you know, not taking care of yourselves, not taking care of your living areas, stuff like that. And you can think of savage in terms of brutal and sacrificing right. humans to the gods and that kind of thing. And it seemed to me that it was the, the more uh, what we think of as the advanced cultures uh, of South America, the Incas, Aztecs, whatever, that tended to be more prone to the human sacrifice side of things. Right. Is that uh, your impression as well? Yeah, that seems to be the case. And then, well, there were also things like, um, you know, these smaller tribes in South America that they would, they would quote, sacrifice children even though um, it wasn't really a sacrifice. It was a matter of convenience because they were constantly on the move, a lot of the different tribes, to run from the larger tribes who were warring people, ah. and children <clears throat> would slow them down. So a lot of times uh, women would have babies and then kill them because uh, they needed to constantly run from these other tribes. So it, I, it was a messed up situation. And, and it, it's not like the Spaniards arrived to this huge continent that was full of peaceful people who had marked boundaries and respected each other's boundaries. Uh, they, they were just like uh, we were in Europe. They were constantly warring with each other, taking each other's stuff, and doing all the things that men are subject to do. Yeah. Or, um, so, you know, that's what happened when the Spaniards arrived. Now, the Spaniards, when they saw this, they, th there was two things they were going after. Number one was to convert them to Christianity. Number two was to uh, take all their gold. And, you know, I mean, I guess when it comes down to it, we wanted to evangelize these people, which we did do. And most and and that evangelization is still alive in South America, especially with things because it would happen in like Guadalupe. Um, but in order to do that, you would send missionaries over, but those missionaries had to be safe. So you also sent troops over, mm -hmm. and they would build forts, and that's where the missionaries lived. And then, on top of that, someone had to pay for all this. And the way they paid for it was to take the money and the gold and everything that was there. And I guess you'd say they went kind of overboard and they took everything. Yeah, yeah. But uh, at the same time, they also populated the continent and um, mingled with the Indians that were living there. And... Um, my understanding is that there's still a lot of Native American tribes in South America that are still fighting for land rights there. Um, it's not quite as settled as it is in North America. Right, right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Well, you know, there's there's this um, image, this, this kind of um, accusation, uh, if you will, um, against the Spaniards' treatments of the American kind of summed up in the term Black Death. They refer to the Spaniard uh, treatment of, of the American Indians as the Black Death, meaning that the Spanish simply brought a lot of exploitation and 
death to the American Indian tribes. And um, I think that, uh, in you know, it's kind of interesting that the Black Death um, rumor, uh, if you want to call it that, the, the accusation, I don't think it was actually invented by American Indians. I think it was actually invented by... Um, other European countries, maybe the French or the English, um, as a way of justifying uh, maybe their their wars against the Spanish in these areas. I don't know. But um, it also simplifies the situation. I, I know that, that in a lot of the, um, the communities uh, where the Spanish were... You know, and, and the Spanish did see themselves as overlords of the Indians when they would go in and evangelize and then take over a community. They were kind of overlords, but they weren't overlords in the sense that you had like two different races and one was in charge of another. Like uh, like Eric just said, they mixed with them. They, you know, they yeah. intermarried and so on and so forth. Um, but there were those put in charge and then those who under their charge would would work and exist in the communities and and it was you know in some sense you know they were planned uh economies to a degree and so forth but um there were a number of instances where the spanish um lords uh would there was a hierarchy of of you know they had the lords and then they had the more regional governors and so forth and the Spanish lords who who worked directly with uh, the communities and lived in the communities and and knew them um, would often complain to the Spanish king um, about the treatment of the more regional governors who were uh, very cruel and uh, who tended to be more exploitative. Uh, sometimes these complaints fell on deaf ears sometimes they were uh, uh they were heated i think uh a lot of times it depended on on who the monarch in spain at the time was mm. um at the same time uh um, so in that in a lot of the same regions you saw you've also got the portuguese who are coming to south america simply to catch slaves mm-hmm. and then uh sail back to portugal or spain and sell them and um, I, I don't know what to say well, about that. They, they did do that, know, it, and, and they yeah, they did do that, and and um, that that activity might have you know you could see how that would become associated with um, uh, with the Spaniards as well. I, you know, their language is similar, not exactly the same, uh, Portuguese and Spanish, right? So, um, but that's what happened. So that's yeah, that's and, and okay. you know that's the. But there was some Spanish um, movement even up into the uh, the western side, right? I mean, a lot of the towns in California, uh, yeah, well, were Spanish um, missionary settlements, weren't well, they? I mean, when, when we started moving west, we basically took California and Texas, which had been settled by, I, by then it would be it would have been Mexicans because uh, the Spanish had had become, you know. There was a lot right. of mingling with the American Indians there, and eventually we got this whole group of people called Mexicans, and they had moved up all the way into California. Mm-hmm. We just took it from them. Um, but, yeah, they had gone all the way down at the tip of North America, all the way up into North or South America, 
all the way up into North America, um, and a lot of a lot of Texas and a lot of uh, California as well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at the same time, way up north, we've got the French and the English kind of duking it out over the territories. Right. And I'm talking right. about Canada now mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, the French, when they sent people, they sent, um, they sent armies to build forts and they sent missionaries to convert the people. Most of what they were interested in was trade. They would trade with the Indians that were here. And so every, you know, there were some French settlers, but not a lot. You had, like, down in, like, uh, New Orleans, uh, parts of that area, and the the Cajun people, those were the the French settlers. And then up further north in uh, Canada, we had a lot of French. And there was some squabbles over the land. But in the same regions, you have the English who are sending colonists over who are not necessarily interested in trading with the Indians. The idea was the colonies would produce things and then send it to England. So I I guess if you're going to look at between the three main nations that settled here in America... The French were probably the most friendly to the American Indians. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were times where they fought with England to try to gain more control over the land. Most of the Indians sided with the French, and most of them lost. Right, right. Um, and the English were clearly the most exploitative of the three main powers that, that encountered the Indians. Right, because there wasn't a whole lot of interest. There wasn't any interest in converting them. Right, right. Because by then we've got the Church of England, and if you're going to convert them, then who do they answer to? There, there's no pope. Um, they elect their own pope, I guess, uh, their own head of the church in America. Yeah, the, I, I don't know even how that would work. So there was no real attempt to convert them um, until later, until we broke from England and it became the Americas. Um, Well, it might be interesting to know, a lot of people uh, accuse the Catholic Church um, of being sort of behind the exploitative um, aspects of of the treatment of the American Indians, and they do that uh, largely by extension of the fact that the Catholic Church naturally and appropriately always sees people in terms of evangelization that you know we have a commission to bring the gospel to the whole world including uh native peoples there's uh there's no such thing as an appropriate uh you know response to people that says yeah don't mix with those people because you might disturb their culture we're supposed to disturb their cultures we're supposed to bring them the gospel but people look at that and say oh well, by bringing the gospel, you're destroying those other cultures, and and that's necessarily bad. Well, you know, first of all, there there it's it's not necessarily bad, especially when the culture um, 
has elements that, that might be inimical to the message of the gospel, which is a universal message meant for the entire human race. And second of all, there are a lot of ways in which the Catholic Church throughout the generations has found ways to preserve and embrace that which is good and, and, and um, uh, right. edifying in a culture while bringing the gospel to the people. So they, they don't necessarily destroy everything about a culture in order to bring the, the, the creed of, of the gospel. In fact, there's a lot of uh, Protestants out there who will point to certain holidays and say this is uh, this holiday stems from a oh, yeah, pagan, pagan practice. practice or and something like that. Okay, uh-huh. so we baptize their practices or baptize their cultures. Uh, they still hold on to certain holidays or celebrations um and the church doesn't see anything wrong with that right. they just let's make this for a, a the right reasons mm-hmm. so um so you've got that <clears throat> right and, and where i was going with this is there's actually a um there's an author his name is uh francisco de vittoria um who's a uh, french author from uh i forget exactly the the time but but during the times of the, 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 you know, some of the Indian, we might call the Indian troubles, certainly not from the early time, um, you know, of the, the immediate post-Columbus discovery uh, settlements. But uh, he's a uh, philosopher and a Catholic author, and he wrote a defense of the American Indians that's very detailed and systematic um, kind of... Um, sort of Thomistic, like, you know, referring to Thomas Aquinas, in its approach to thinking about what is the right way to uh, treat and approach the American Indians. Now, in, in large measure, and he even acknowledges this, a lot of, a lot of this is moot because um, the damage has already been done. And, and right. in, in many cases, you know, lands had been taken away from the Indian tribes and the Indian princes, uh, he uses the word prince to just generally refer to a, a ruler of a, of a people. Um, and, and he acknowledges that, you know, from every pragmatic point of view, even from the Indians point of view, it, it's not necessarily possible to just say, oh, let's just reverse it and give them their land back. It, you you right. can't always do that. But he very systematically shows why uh, from the beginning, we should have respected their ownership of the lands, not only in terms of thinking of ownership of private property, but ownership of dominion in, in terms of, you know, whether it's on a small tribal level or a broader uh, cultural level or a societal level, that these are the people who own these lands, just like, you know, the English own the land of England or the Portuguese own the land so, of Portugal. And, and he shows how... From a Catholic perspective, the Indians owned that land, and that should have been respected from the beginning. Okay, so um, he would have been against pretty much almost everything that the white man did. Except the the evangelization. I mean, uh, interacting with them, uh, engaging in trade with them, helping them to better themselves, but... From the point of view of saying, oh, you guys are doing it wrong, we're going to take over. Mm-hmm. Yes, he would have been against that. Okay. And and it's very difficult to find, you know, that there was any flaw from a Catholic perspective 
in his arguments, and he even addresses a number of the objections people might have to his arguments and shows why those objections are incorrect. But he was writing from a, you know, he admits a lot of it is moot because he was writing from kind of a retrospective uh, mindset there. What about the point that we're talking about groups of people and the Indians were no different than the white men who were coming here, um, except that they were so divided amongst themselves, whereas the white man and the Europeans had um, their, their societies were organized so that there were large numbers of them that were united as nations, but that those nations, much like the Indian tribes, were constantly looking to uh, conquer and take land. Mm-hmm. Yep, to and it's and, just and, what people do. It's what the okay, Indians did. What people do. It's yeah. what yeah. Spaniards did, and French, and everyone else. And it's just, it's not. It's one of those deals where if we hadn't done what we did, speaking of, I, I guess we'll talk as if we were the original uh, English colonists, mm-hmm. even though we're not English, but. Um, the Americans originated from the English colonists. Right. That's right. where America American came government. from. Mm-hmm. But um, if the English colonists had not done what they had done, someone else would have. Eventually, this land would have been conquered because the Indians were... Uh, they Because they weren't united, they were going to get taken eventually because they had no way to defend their land. That's true. That's true. Unless, I mean, there's a whole lot of of sequences in a history like this where you could say, but we could have done this, this might have happened in response, Um, but the the problem is, when you say we could have done something, you're kind of speaking from a a more considered uh, retrospective, and let's pretend that we were perfect at the beginning, kind of point of view, well, and then if we were perfect at the beginning, there's a whole lot of other stuff that that wouldn't have happened anyway. Right. But if if we if we were say more perfectly in tune with uh, say our obligations, if we were less uh, let's say ambitious and exploitative, and more perfectly about uh, bringing the gospel to new people and letting the gospel spread among those people without taking uh, you know what those people have. Is it possible that in their newfound Christianity, uh, which certainly would have had problems, I mean, a, you know, a tribal leader may, in, you know, use religion to keep his power, and so maybe he wants to suppress this new religion, and that goes on. But had they converted, would that have become a basis for a more slowly growing and organic unity among the tribes? That could have grown into a nation, um, which is how many of the peoples in in Europe developed. Right, and it's possible, it kind of. Um, there's a couple things here, though. Um, first of all, we've got these American colonies, and a lot of them had uh, borders that the Indians respected, mm-hmm. because a lot of uh, the colonies had actually purchased land from 
the tribes that were living in those areas. Um, now, a lot of those purchases were made because the Indians living here saw uh, this flood of white men coming in, and they knew they had seen us fight, and they knew that there wasn't a lot they could do to stop us. So they got some money for the land, at, and and then in, at the same time we were there was a lot of trickery going on. Um, for example, in 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 the borders around Pennsylvania, we had purchased Pennsylvania, I think, from the Delawares, mm-hmm. and okay. somewhere in the agreement we had put this provision that if we needed to purchase more land later. We would be allowed to purchase as much land as could be walked through in uh, a day and a half. Oh. So the Delawares are thinking, if they want more, we'll give them 20 miles more. But what we did was, uh, like, I think two or three governors later, maybe, they decided we want more. So we found our best runner, and uh, he ran... And, and actually set up a trail for him, and he ran for a day and a half, and we got some kind of, it was like 120 miles of their uh, of, of their miles. land, <laughs> and little things like that happened a lot. Right, and right. then later, after uh, conquering England, we were, um, we signed deals to purchase the Ohio, not purchase, to get the Ohio Valley. But we we signed those deals with uh, like the Iroquois who weren't in the Ohio Valley, and we didn't uh, even talk to the Shawnee or the Miamis who were in the Ohio Valley. So so it's kind of like, hey, we're taking your land. Those guys said we could have it, right? But see, there is some justification for that because during the Revolution, the Miamis, the uh, Wyandots, the Shawnee, they all sided with England against ah, the Americans. Okay, okay. So so they fell in as conquered enemies. Right. Uh, we, I guess that we When you lose we, a war, you yeah, lose you your lose land. A war. Right, that's right, that's right. And we didn't really conquer England so much as we, we conquered English control of our of our colonies, our territories. And yeah, that's by, by siding with England, um, they kind of put themselves in that situation. Right. So from in that particular case, that, that kind of is a justification. Now, there's something to be said for, again, you looking at that, we could have done this. Mm-hmm. We could have tried to convert them, and they could have accepted the religion and tried to assimilate among the white men. But the thing is, some of them did, and um, it's not like those people were treated fairly. Mm. Um, Even I think the ones who, who adopted and assimilated, huh? There were a couple hundred, I can't remember what they were called, there were a couple hundred Indians that came from different tribes who had gathered together to become Christians, and they had three villages here in the Ohio Valley, and I think this was during the Revolutionary War, we sent some soldiers up to uh, attack some of the Indian villages uh, along the Sandusky. Only we didn't attack those villages. We attacked those Christian oh, villages. Oh, no kidding. 
and uh, ended up just slot. I mean, and these people had decided they're not going to fight and knelt down to uh, accept whatever fate came to them. And we just uh, went by and clubbed each one to death. We ended up murdering. It was a couple hundred people. Wow. Um, so, so I'm, I'm, this is an interesting incident. I'm curious about this. First of all, do you know um, whether this was a, a, a case where there was the... Uh, you know, who made the decision to go after those villages instead of the actual remaining Indian tribes? Uh, was this like a, a rogue colonel who was like executing a command that was different than the one that was given him or was this the decision at, at there the was highest? a guy named uh crawford who um was in charge of this expedition to go up and conquer indians and for some reason i i think when told what they wanted to do he didn't want any part of it and uh backed out uh, the guy in charge was named Williamson, and it was his decision to kill all these people. And okay. he remained a commander in the army uh, long after the uh, long after we won the revolution. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, he was not rogue. Okay, so he and, was acting in in uh, he was basically doing what. You know, following the, the the command from the from the chain of command, right? Only, I mean, it's not like they could the call each other and say, "This is no, what we've true. got." When he got back, there was a there were some people. Everybody had different thoughts about it. Um, you know, some people thought this is terrible. Some people thought, "Well, they're Indians, uh, good riddance." And, uh, yeah, but that kind of thing happened, and it happened on both sides. Uh, Indians were they would. Uh, especially the Shawnee and the uh, Miami, they would form these uh, war parties of 10, 20 Indians, and they would come down and they would go from settlement to settlement, killing all the children and and women and whoever they found, sometimes taking them prisoner, uh, sometimes just uh, scalping them. And when they, like, they would get uh, bounties for the number of scalps that they had. Mm-hmm. And they had they would send these scalps in great big barrels back to England so that they could get their money. And uh, like some of these scalps, they, they marked them in different ways to show whether this scalp was taken in a battle or if this person was scalped oh, while they were asleep. Party or, right. One of the markings was for babies... That had been ripped out of the mother's stomach and then wow. scalped. Wow! Uh, I mean, the the whole thing really? was brutal on both sides. Man, so you can see how the white man sees these Indians who are doing these kinds of things are want them defeated, yeah. not just converted but defeated. And I guess, but think about the brutality of the British to support that even in support of right. the war uh, to maintain control of the colonies wow yeah so i i don't you know Not, in the end we didn't give them a chance to assimilate mm-hmm. we tried to force them to assimilate years later when we were trying to take over the west and we would 
take these Indian tribes, round them up, take all the children to a Christian school, more like a Christian orphanage, Mm -hmm. and try to force Christianity on them. The problem is it's not like they were treated as people after they converted. Uh, I mean, they actually, they weren't even citizens of the United States, even if they took a Christian name and became Christian. And you go back as far as the 50s and 60s, um, there are trials where Indians are trying to uh, fight for rights as people because they're not treated as people. And if someone murders an Indian, it's a different kind of crime. And a lot of times you could murder an Indian and not be convicted for it. Wow. Wow. And I, this wasn't that long ago that this happened. These kinds of things happened. And even now, in uh, Indian territories, like in, in the reservations, there's a problem of uh, uh, Indian wo- women disappearing because they're being captured and taken for, for uh, human trafficking purposes. So, so what are they like? I mean, you know, you're talking about territories where there's lots of, of like wide open spaces and, right. and that kind of stuff. I mean, is this like like they're they're taken and then and then what put on uh, like kept in in some like out in the middle of nowhere farm where they use them and force them to produce like pornography or something? I mean, I, that... I I think that's I don't know because I I keep hearing statistics about the number of women disappearing. In these areas, mm-hmm. and so we automatically think human trafficking, but it could more be that the the women are just raped and then killed and then disposed of. Oh, well, that's, I mean, yeah, that's possible. You too. don't, I don't know, yeah. but I know that this is still a problem, and I. But at the same time, those territories are not controlled by the states. I think the the federal government can go in there, but the state government cannot. Uh, so the state police cannot help them. And I imagine that part of the the whole uh, set of agreements with the Indians for, to even allow them to have the reservations probably prohibits them from developing enough of their own uh, infrastructure of of. Uh, police and military and weapons and so forth and money would, and, and money that would allow them to effectively combat something like this right right so it's still a I don't it's my opinion that that uh, I mean there are subcultures in America now it's not like Americans try to drive out cultures anymore mm-hmm. um, I, I think I think we should do away with the reservations personally and just say you're you're american now and if you guys want to worship the way you always have and want to live the way you have go ahead i I don't i don't see why we need the reservations because it's causing more of a problem than it uh helps now it kind of makes them targets right without letting them have the benefit of of the broader protections that that yeah as a society we can offer yeah but going back in early in the early history, I mean, this 
this was um, they they were groups of people like other groups of people. They had land that was good land that mm-hmm. we wanted. Uh, it was going to get taken from them. Uh, the the English would have taken it, or the Spaniards would have taken it. How it happened is that England settled over in the east, and then we fought for our independence, and then Americans took it, and mm-hmm. that's what happened. And um, I don't know if it's that different from any other situation like that. I mean, that ha- that also happened in in Africa. That happened in uh, in parts of Asia. Happened in a lot of, of course, Europe. A lot of those places drove out the white man and uh, fought for their own governments, like in uh, India, India, and I'm thinking uh, where we fought uh, Vietnam. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean Vietnam had the French colonists there, and. Uh, the French colonists were driven out, and then American colonists, uh, we didn't have colonies. But we tried to back a government that, uh, we were trying to back a democratic government, and then uh, the communists wanted to take control of that, and, you know, that whole thing happened. But it's not like what happened in America was a whole lot different than what happens in the rest of the world. Okay. So, it's not like we wrapped up a subject here. <laughs> no, just, it's just a lot of discussion and, and some perspective on, on what may have happened uh, and what did happen. And what could have happened but mm-hmm. didn't happen, and it, so it doesn't really matter. Um, now, on current events, now we've been gone so long and a whole lot has, has happened, <laughs> but... but um, no way we're going to catch all the way up. Right. So, and... and what are the big stories right now? Most recently, we've got the uh, Jim Mattis uh, resigns from Trump's uh, cabinet. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, everybody's kind of up in arms about that because they think somehow Mattis was was uh, going to save us from Trump. Um, did I, I know he wrote a letter of resignation that pointed out some things that he disagreed with with Trump. Mm-hmm. I didn't read it. I kind of don't care, but um, the left is loving this, and uh, I don't know. We'll yeah, see what I mean, they, he was any kind of, of defense. Uh, any any kind of discord within Trump's administration, the left is going to love. Yeah, um, you know, and you know, let's you know, there. Sure, Trump, uh, like any politician, uh, could learn a few things. Um, you know, keep keep in mind that. Um, the difference between Trump and a lot of other politicians is that they spent a lifetime learning basically not to open their mouths. They spent a lifetime learning how to uh, maintain a, a polish on their image. Well, Trump never needed to do that. So what you get from Trump is probably not that different than what's on the interior of most other people that might be in the presidency, right? You know, yeah. The another, only thing you get different is the exterior—the fact that he actually lets himself show. Another part of this is that Trump isn't—he's uh, not really ideologically conservative. He just—he has plans to mm-hmm. fix certain things. Yeah, and he fires and hires it. a lot of people because 
he hires them with a certain objective in mind. And a lot of times, once that objective is completed, he no longer feels a use that he has a use for him. He's got something else he wants to do now, and he hires a different person to do that. Fires a different team. Yeah, now, he didn't fire Jim Mattis, but, um, but still. And, and that happens in the corporate world, too. Right. Uh, Japan, let's see, is going to resume whaling. Okay. Do, do, do Japan's a tiny... Do they actually affect the whale population that much? I don't know. I didn't know anyone whaled anymore. Yeah, I didn't think that was even a thing. I, I mean, but, I, you know, I guess there's some market for whale blubber or something. I, well, they're going to... Well, I guess there would... You know, it, it seems to me that we would have the technology now to, to maybe section off a, a part of the ocean around Japan and maybe they can have like whale farms or something. I would think we could do that, but apparently, I don't, you yeah, know maybe, what, maybe I don't know, because a lot of, yeah, <laughs> whales are migratory and they go all over. They have to feed in certain areas and they have to breed in certain areas. Oh. Mm-hmm. If we found a part of the ocean that had the food necessary... Could we breed them yeah. in a petri dish and make that happen? Possibly, but, but then we'd also have to fight off predators and keep sharks out of there, things like that. You know, I, I mean, whales. Do, do we do we really use what do we use whales for? I thought blubber was the main thing we got from whales, and I thought that was mainly as fuel. Yeah. Um, I, do we use their skins and their their uh, I have no meat idea. for anything? I, Seems to me that most of the stuff we get from whales, we could get somewhere else. Right. These days. Except for whale puke. Don't they use whale puke? Oh, that's puke right. Ambergris. That's for perfume. Puke. But you don't have to harvest that from the whale. Right. You, you just find gotta... that floating in the. In fact, the more whales, the better from that. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Down in. or over in Australia. Vienna, Australia, there's five Christian monks who are tied up and uh, robbed. The oh. church is robbed, oh. and then they're they're left there. I think I think they're all injured, but none of them are dead. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is just like Australian bandits or something. I, I guess so. I kind of brings an image of you know, like, Aust- like Tuco and the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, you know, you know Australia is another area that. Um, I mean, there were indigenous people there, and then England came and uh, settled there. Well, it turned it into a and there were colonies, and then and then they got their independence, and uh, kind of the same thing. Uh, and there are still indigenous people there who, just like here, there are still uh, American Indians who uh, live and, and want to continue being indigenous instead of assimilating. Now, is that true? I I heard somebody say that the uh, that the that Australia was was largely unpeopled, that it was more animals and stuff. That the uh, uh, because so much of it's desert and almost uninhabitable. So I think a lot of the um, The, the people who are indigenous living in those areas, it, it's not like... There were very few, I guess. Huh? Yeah, there, there aren't a whole lot. It's not like in the Americas we had huge populations. We had villages of over 500 Indians. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, but that's because there's a lot of room to grow and a lot of room to uh, farm and a lot of room to hunt. 
but that's not the case in Australia or most of Australia, I think. I'm not sure about it. You know, that is brings up one thing that I forgot to mention about the American Indians. Um, as we were taking this land, it would have been it would have been easier for them to assimilate if they could have accepted the idea of using farm animals instead of hunting for food. Ah, uh, right. They absolutely refused to do this. Really? In their minds, hunting for food was how they... Uh, it's just how they lived. So the idea of, of breeding animals and raising them for food or farming the land and using animals as labor... They did farm. Uh-huh. Did they? Right. Okay. Uh, they, they grew corn and stuff, but they, they refused to grow animals. It was their understanding that this was how their God, how, how God fed them oh, by sending okay. these animals. So as white man comes in, first of all, we're eliminating land where those animals would have lived. Uh, second of all, um, we're, we're like industrial hunting. And mm -hmm. we're taking huge amounts of these animals so that the Indians no longer have anything to hunt. And they kind of had no choice here. You either live like the white man or you don't live at all. Start. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't really know what to say about that. Yeah, many of uh, them just decided they, they couldn't make that step, I guess, or something. It's not like we could have... Um, we couldn't have allowed them to stay, say, in the Ohio Valley without making it hard for them. Because even though we're, we're settling right to the east of there, we're still taking a lot of the land that, that the animals would have used, and the population of animals would have gone down regardless. Yeah. And their food would have disappeared slowly regardless. Now, we didn't have to kill every buffalo in America, but um, uh, we, we, there would have been a lot less buffalo regardless. Yeah. yeah. So it was going to become difficult for the hunters no matter what. Right. But that's all I got. All right. Well, I think we'll call this a wrap. Like you said, yeah. it's not like we resolved anything. We're not, uh, you know... Uh, opening up and, and uh, explaining anything. It's just a conversation about something that uh, you know people care about and uh, you know you get a little bit of, of a uh, perspective on, on some yeah. of the things that Maybe insight that you didn't know mm -hmm. and uh, so you can enjoy a conversation in the future more and have a little bit more background on it. Alright, thanks for listening. Think about what we said on a podcast by Catholic Things. We'll catch you next time.